Innalhamdalillah Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu Wa na'udhu billahi min syururi anfusina min sayyati amalina Man yahdillahu falamudilla lahu wa man yudlilu falahadiyalah Wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh Wa safihu wa khaliluh Wa khiratuhu min khalqihi wa aminuhu ala wahih Arsadahu rabbu rahmatan lil'alamin Wa hujjatan ala khalqihi wa ibadihi ajma'in Wa as'arullaha an yaj'alana min salihi ummatihi Wa an yahshurana yawmal qiyamati fi zumrati thumma amma ba'd Ibadallah, awalan usikum wa nafsi bitakwallah Faqad faza al-muttakun Ibadallah we praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We seek His aid and we seek His assistance. For whom say Allah azza wa jal guides, none can misguide. And whom say Allah azza wa jal misguides, none can guide. I be witness that none has the right to be worshipped except Allah azza wa jal alone, without any partner. And I testify that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is His final prophet and messenger. In the hadith reported on the authority of Qais ibn Ubad, he said, Salla Amaru ibn Yasir bil qawmi salatan akhaffaha fakannahum ankaruha fakala alam utimma ruku'a was sujood qalu bala qala amma inni da'utu fiha bi du'a'in kana an-nabiy sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yad'u bihi and so Qais ibn Ubad he reported that Ammar ibn Yasir prayed with some of the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And he prayed a type of prayer which they deemed to be short in comparison to the general way they used to pray. Ammar ibn Yasir asked him the question, did I not complete the ruku and the sujood? And they said, yes, certainly you did. Ammar ibn Yasir then said, as for me, in this prayer, I made a supplication which the Prophet sallallahu alayhi used to make. And the supplication is as follows. Allahumma bi'ilmika al-ghaybi wa kudratika ala al-khalq ahyini ma alimta al-hayata khayran li wa tawaffani idha alimta al-wafata khayran li Allahumma inni as'aluka khashyataka fi al-ghaybi wa al-shahada wa as'aluka kalimata al-haqqi fi al-rida wa al-ghadab وأسألك القصد في الفقر والغنى وأسألك نعيما لا ينفد وأسألك كرة أين لا تنقطع وأسألك الرضا بعد القضاء وأسألك برد العيش بعد الموت وأسألك لظة النذر إلى وجهك والشوك إلى لقائك في غير الضراء مضرة ولا فتنة مضلة اللهم زينا and so the supplication, we can see it's a lengthy supplication wherein the Prophet made a dua which is becoming of us to reflect over and to contemplate over. And this dua is the dua wherein the Prophet said, O oh Allah, by your knowledge of the unseen and your power over the creation, Keep me alive so long that you know that living is good for me and cause me to die if you know that death is good for me. 
Oh Allah, cause me to fear you in secret and in public. And I ask you to make me true in speech in times of pleasure and anger. And I ask you to make me moderate in times of wealth and poverty. And I ask you for everlasting delight and joy that will never cease. I ask you to make me pleased with that which you have decreed and for an easy life after death. I ask you for the sweetness of looking upon your face and longing to meet you in a manner that does not entail a calamity that will bring about harm or trial that will cause deviation. O oh Allah, beautify us with the adornment of Iman and make us guides for those who seek guidance. And so no one truly benefits from this dua except by firstly memorizing this dua. Secondly, by often supplicating to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by way of this dua and striving to practice upon the meanings. And thirdly, that he strives to the best of his ability to put it into practice. Ibad Allah, the first contemplation on this dua is as follows. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he opened the supplication and he says, Allahumma bi ilmika al-ghaybi wa kudrati ka'ala al-khalq. Oh Allah, I ask you by your knowledge of the unseen and the power which you possess over the creation. And this is a form of tawassul which is legislated, the type of tawassul which the Prophet ﷺ did in his du'as. And a tawassul means seeking a means of closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by a means. But this means it must be legislated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it must be encouraging the sunnah of the Prophet and so the Prophet Sallallahu he asked Allah Azza wa Jal bi asma'il husna wa sifatil ula. He asked Allah Azza wa Jal by way of the beautiful names of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala and by way of Allah Azza wa Jal's lofty attributes. As Allah Azza wa Jal says, "Walillahi al-asma'ul husna fad'uhu biha." To Allah Azza wa Jal belongs the most beautifulness of names. So supplicate to him by way of it. And so the Prophet asked Allah Azza wa Jal by Allah Azza wa Jal's knowledge which is all encompassing which encompasses that which is witnessed and that which is unseen. And this is suitable since the Abd of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he does not know wherein the khair lies for him. He does not know wherein goodness lies for him. Is goodness in his living or is goodness in his death? This is something ultimately which only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. And the Prophet also asked Allah Azza wa Jal by way of his kudra, by way of Allah Azza wa Jal's power over all things. And this shows us that the Prophet is encouraging us to have good thoughts of our Rabb subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because we cannot achieve righteousness and we cannot achieve piety except by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And our action is connected to the kudra of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so hence, the Prophet by way of this dua, he encourages us to have husnudhan, good thoughts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who has power over all things. The Prophet then says, Ahyini ma alimta al-hayata khayran li. Oh Allah, give me life as long as you know that life is good for me. So what is the yardstick? 
for knowing whether we are living a goodly life, a life which is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and a life wherein we are drawing closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is if your good deeds overpowers your bad deeds. And if this is your case and your state, then know that life is good for you. Ibadallah. If your good deeds overpower your bad deeds, then know that you're living, it is good for you. And this is the type of life which Allah Azza wa Jal loves you to have. If not, if the person bad deeds overpowers his good deeds, then this is a sign that our lives are not in the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is a sign that our lives resemble that of Baha'im. It resembles the life of cattle. As Allah Azza wa Jal says, لَهُمْ قُلُوبٌ لَا يَفْقَهُونَ بِهَا They have hearts, but they cannot comprehend with their hearts. They don't know their Rabb, and they don't submit to their Rabb. And they don't seek closest to their Rabb. Allah Azza wa Jal says, أُولَٰئِكَ كَالْأَنْآمِ بَلْ هُمْ That people who live a life simply of eating and drinking, and indulging in whatever pleasures their nafs desire, then this is a type of life which resembles the life of sheep and cattle. And so, the Prophet says, أَحْيِينِ مَا أَلِيمْتَ الْحَيَاةَ خَيْرٌ Oh Allah, give me life for as long as you know living is good for me. وَتَوَفَّنِي إِذَا كَانَتِ الْوَفَاةَ خَيْرٌ And Ya Rabb, O oh Allah, cause me to die if you know that death is good for me. Cause me to die if you know that death is good for me. And so we know in other ahadith, the Prophet he forbade us from longing for death. He forbade us from asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for death. The Prophet said in the hadith reported by Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu, قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يتمنى ين أحدكم الموت لدر نزل به فإن كان لا بد متمنيا فليقل اللهم أحيني ما كانت الحياة خيرا لي وتوفني إذا كانت الوفاة خيرا لي. The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said none of you should long for death due to a calamity which has befell him. فَإِنْ كَانَ لَا بُدَّ مُتَمَنِّيًا However, if the circumstance is such that you must long for death in the state, فَلْيَقُلْ Say, O oh Allah, grant me life for as long as life is good for me and cause me to die as long as death is good for me. And so as long as the Abd of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for as long as the Muslim has his soul within him, he has a chance to redeem himself with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why life is good for the believer. That no matter how much sins he's indulging in, as long as he is breathing, he has an opportunity to redeem himself with his Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. He can stop the sin. He can turn to Allah azza wa jal in repentance. And so in this circumstance, none should long for death. However, at times of severe fitan, at times of severe trials, the Prophet said a believer can long for death. Meaning that if this trial is going to cause you to deviate 
from the book of Allah and from the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and this fitna causes you to deviate from Al-Islam that at this moment a believer cared long for death and this is the opinion of Ibn Kathir as well and he based it upon the dua which the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said Allahumma inni as'aluka fi al-akhirat wa tarka al-munkarat wa hubba al-masakin wa an taghfira li wa tarhamni wa idha aradta fitnatan fi qawmin fatawaffani ghayr maftunin or ghayr maftun in the supplication the prophet said that oh allah if you decree a fitna amongst a people then cause me to die during this fitna without being affected by this fitna and so in this circumstance we see that a believer and a muslim can long for death at times of extreme fitna so Allah grant me life as long as living is good for me and cause me to die if you know that death is good for me the Prophet goes on and he supplicates Allahumma wa as'aluka khashyatak fil ghaybi wa shahada oh Allah I ask you to instill within me your khashya your awe and your fear fil ghaybi wa shahada fil ghaybi when I'm with myself and when people witness my actions. And this is the state of the true taqi. If we want to measure our level of piety and our level of taqwa, then look at your state when you are by yourself. When no one gazes upon your actions and you are in solitude with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what is your state at this time? Do you have the same fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? which you would have had when people's eyes were upon you? Do you abstain from the actions which you would never have indulged in in the presence of people? Do you abstain from these actions when you are one-on-one on one with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And so these are the ones who truly benefit from the revelation. The ones who fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in open and in secret. Allah azza wa jal said, إِنَّمَا تُنْذِرُ الَّذِينَ يَخْشَوْنَ رَبَّهُمْ بِالْغَيْبِ وَأَقَامُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَمَنْ تَزَكَّى فَإِنَّمَا يَتَزَكَّى لِنَفْسِهِ وَإِلَى اللَّهِ الْمَصِيرِ Allah Azza wa Jal said that the only ones who take heed from your warning or the only ones who you can warn O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with this message of the Qur'an الَّذِينَ يَخْشَوْنَ رَبَّهُمْ بِالْغَيْبِ There are those who fear the Lord in secret and they establish the prayer and whomsoever purifies himself he only purifies himself for his own benefit and so Allah Azza wa Jal has promised those who state when they are by themselves it's the same, that, the same like when they are out in public Allah Azza wa Jal has promised for them maghfirah Allah Azza wa Jal said inna alladhina yakhshawna rabbahum bil ghaybi لَهُمْ مَغْفِرَةٌ وَأَجْرٌ كَبِيرٌ Indeed, those who fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in secret, for them is a maghfirah. For them is a forgiveness which has no bounds. وَأَجْرٌ كَبِيرٌ And they have a great reward with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ibad Allah, I'd like to inform you of a scary hadith wherein the Prophet sallallahu said, that people will come on the day of Al-Qiyamah with deeds the size of the mountain of At-Tihama. 
with deeds as great as the great mountain known as At-Tihama. And then Allah Azza wa Jal will make their deeds like scattered dust. Allah Azza wa Jal will cause these deeds to be of no benefit to them. So what is the reason for this? The companions asked the Prophet Sallallahu O Messenger of Allah, describe these people to us. Make them clear to us so that we will not be like them whilst we are unaware. The Prophet said, Indeed, they are your brothers and they are from Jildikum. They are from your race. And they take from the night as you take. They worship Allah Azza wa Jal at night like you worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, there are people who when they are alone, one on one with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they violate the maharimillah, they violate the prohibitions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so for this reason, Allah Azza wa Jal causes their deeds to become like scattered dust. No benefit in these deeds for people who fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in open, but in secret, they violate the prohibitions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet goes on and he says, وَأَسْأَلُكَ كَلِمَةَ الْحَقِّ فِي الرِّضَى وَالْغَضَبِ Oh Allah, I ask you for truthful speech at times of being pleased and at times of anger. Because we know that anger carries the holder to deviate from the truth. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded us to upkeep a truthful word at times of anger and at times when things are good for us. Allah Azza wa said, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu kunu kawwamina lillahi shuhada bilqist wa la yajrimannakum shana'anu qawmin ala alla ta'dilu i'dilu huwa aqrabu litaqwa. Allah Azza wa said, Oh you have believed, be persistently standing firm for Allah Azza wa Jal. Witnesses in justice and do not let your hatred of a people prevent you from being just. Be just, for this is closer to a taqwa. And so anger causes the person to deviate from the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it causes a person to deviate from the truth. But even at this time, the person must uphold the truth, whether it is for him or against him. The Prophet goes on in the supplication and he says, وَأَسْأَلُكَ الْقَصْطَ فِي الْفَقْرِ وَالْغِنَى Oh Allah, I ask you to be balanced at times of prosperity and at times when I am wealthy and at times when I face poverty. That the believer's approach towards wealth, it is the same. Whether he has wealth or whether he does not have wealth, the wealth is in his hand, it is not in his heart. It does not affect his state and his relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the believer, he must be munfiq. He must be one who spends at times of prosperity. But even the spending must be a balanced type of spending. That he spends in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and there is no limitation for this. But in terms of his personal indulgence and his luxuries which he enjoys in his life, he must be balanced and he must not be a spendthrift. He must not buy each and every single thing which he desires or each and every single thing which his family desires. But rather he looks whether this is good for them or not. And so the Prophet says, Oh Allah, I ask you for moderation at times of prosperity and adversity. And even at times 
of poverty, the believer still spends in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because that spending only benefits him. It only increases his wealth. It only places blessings in his wealth. And for this reason, the Prophet ﷺ said, The Prophet said, Fear the hellfire even if it be that you give a half a date in charity. But at the time of the companions, this was their overwhelming state. They were impoverished. But the Prophet encouraged them to give charity even if it was a half a date in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so this is the believer that he is balanced in times of prosperity and adversity. The Prophet goes on and he says, وَأَسْأَلُكَ نَعِيمًا لَا يَنْفَدُ Oh Allah, I ask you for pleasure which never ever ceases. Oh Allah, I ask you for pleasure which never ever ceases and it has no end to it. And of course the, the pleasure which never ever ceases and never ever ends it is the Jannah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah Azza wa said with regard to the Muhajireen, Yubashiruhum Rabbahum bi rahmatin minhu wa ridwanin wa jannatin lahum fiha na'imun muqeem. Allah Azza wa said that Allah Azza wa gives him the glad tidings of his mercy and his pleasure. And of paradise wherein there will be eternal pleasure. A pleasure which never ever ceases and never ever ends. Just like Allah Azza wa said, Whatever is with you of pleasures, no matter how much you love this pleasure and how long this pleasure lasts, whatever is with you, yanfad, it will cease, it will stop. And whatever is with Allah Azza wa it will remain. That whatever pleasure and whatever wealth you have, it ends even if it lasts up until your death. With your death, that pleasure ends. But the reward which is Allah Azza wa Jal, it has no ending to it. It has no ending to it. The Prophet goes on to say, tanqati. Oh Allah, I ask you for the pleasure of my eyes which never ever ceases. I ask you to make me joyful at all times. And the ulama, they have three opinions with regards to the statement of the Prophet And they say the first form of coolness of one's eyes, it is bardu dum'iha. It is the coolness of one's tears. Since when we cry and the tears are cool in nature, this is a sign of joy and happiness. Just like warm tears is a proof of hazan and gham. Just like when we cry and warm tears come from our eyes, this is a sign of sadness and grief. The second opinion the scholars have with regards to the statement of the Prophet is no muha. It is that Allah Azza wa grants us good sleep. Because when one goes to sleep at night, his mind is free from all his troubles. And so this person gets rest from the difficulties of the dunya. And the third opinion, it is husulu rida. It is attaining the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is what is meant by the statement of the Prophet. That I ask Allah Azza wa Jal the coolness of my eyes 
and this is attaining the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and finding joy in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is in the dunya. With regards to the akhirah, that I ask you for the coolness of my eyes which never ever ceases, then this is with regards to the akhirah. As we mentioned, that the reward in the akhirah, it never ever ceases and it has no end to it. أقول هذا القول وأستغفر الله لي ولكم من كل ذنب فاستغفروا إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله وحده والصلاة على من لا نبي بعد وبعد إباد الله The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم says اتق الله حيثمَا كنت وأتبي سيئة الحسنة تمحها وخالق الناس بخلق حسن رواه الترمذي. The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم says, "Fear Allah سبحانه وتعالى wherever you may be, and follow up an evil deed with a good deed, for it will expiate it and interact with people in a goodly manner." إباد الله the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم in this powerful supplication, he says, "وأسألك الرضا بعد القضاء." Oh Allah. I ask you for pleasure after your decree. And this shows us that a believer, when he is struck with a calamity, he is patient. And this is being pleased with the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If the decree is in his favor, he is contented. And he gives shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if the decree is against him, he shows patience in the face of this decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because he understands that this decree it is a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He understands that this decree is a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so the decrees of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even what we consider to be sharr, what we consider to be evil, it is not purely evil. Because that evil which Allah azza wa jal decrees, it can be a test for a believer. It can be a means of expiating his sins. It can be a means of exalting his rank in the Akhirah. And this is how the believer approaches the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so the Prophet says, وَأَسْأَلُكَ الرِّضَى بَعْدَ الْقَضَاءِ I ask you for pleasure after your decree. The Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam goes on and he says, وَأَسْأَلُكَ بَرْدَ الْعَيْشِ بَعْدَ الْمَوْتِ Oh Allah, I ask you for a good life after death. And this good life cannot be achieved in the Akhirah except by living a goodly life in the dunya. That no matter how much wealth a person gathers and how much means of material successes the person achieves, a person can never ever truly be happy in dunya and Akhirah except if it is coupled with Iman. For Allah Azza wa Jal says, وَمَنْ أَعْرَدَ أَنْ ذِكْرِي فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً دَنْكَ That whomsoever turns away from my remembrances, he turns away from this reminder, the Qur'an. He turns away from the admission of Al-Islam. Allah Azza wa says, فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً دَنْكَ This person will have a difficult life. This person will have a restricted life. وَيَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ نَحْشُرُهُ أَعْمَى And on the day of Al-Qiyamah, we will resurrect this person blind. The person will say, Oh Allah, why have you resurrected me blind? When in the dunya I used to have sight. Allah Azza wa Jal will say that likewise our signs came to you. 
fanasitaha, and you forgot it and you turned away from it. Likewise, on this day, you will be forgotten. So no matter how much material success a person achieves and gathers, he can never ever be truly happy in the dunya and the akhirah, except if it is coupled with al-iman. For Allah Azza wa Jal said in Surah Al-Nahl, verse 97, وَمَنْ عَمِلَ صَالِحًا مِنْ ذَكَرِنَ أُنْثَى وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٌ فَلَنُحِيَنَّهُ حَيَاتًا طَيِّبًا Allah Azza wa Jal said that whomsoever does righteousness, whether they be males or females, with the shart and the condition that they are believers, Allah Azza wa Jal says, we will give him a goodly life. We will give him a happy life. We will give him a wholesome life. And this is the reward of true Al-Iman. It extends to the Akhirah. And it is only achieved by way of Al-Iman. As for Bardul Aish Fil Akhirah, it refers to life in the grave. And this is Na'im Fil Qabr, this is pleasure in the grave that a person will not experience except if he lived a good life in the dunya. Likewise, Bardul Aish also means that Allah Azza wa Jal does not punish us before He admits us into Jannah. And the Prophet also then goes on to say, وَأَسْأَلُكَ لَذَّةَ النَّذْرِ إِلَىٰ وَجِكَ وَالشَّوْكَ إِلَىٰ لِقَائِكَ فِي غَيْرِ دَرَّاءَ مُدِرَّةٍ وَلَا فِتْنَةٍ مُدِلَّةٍ I ask you, O Allah, for the sweetness of looking upon your face, Ya Rabb, and a longing to meet you in a manner that does not entail a calamity that will bring about harm or a trial that will cause deviation. And Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala said, about the supplication or this part of the supplication of the Prophet that the Prophet gathered between the best matter which could be found in this dunya and this is longing to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala longing to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and be with him fi dar al-akhirah just like he gathered between the best which is in the Akhirah and that is glancing at the face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet said about this, when the people of Jannah enter Jannah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask them, Turiduna shay'an azidukum. Do you long for anything wherein I may increase you upon the pleasure which you have experienced in Jannah? Fayaqulun, they will say, Oh Allah, have you not illuminated our faces? Did you not admit us into paradise? Did you not save us from the torment of the hellfire? And then Allah Azza wa Jal fayakshifu al-hijab. Allah Azza wa Jal will remove the veil which exists between him and us. فَمَا أُعْتُوا شَيْئًا أَحَبُّ إِلَيْهِ مِنَ النَّذْرِ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ Azza wa Jal. And they will not be given anything greater than the pleasure of looking at the face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the ultimate pleasure which awaits us fil akhirah. As for longing to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then this is only for the people of dhikr, for the people who are mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and for the people who worship Allah azza wa jal, and for the people who find sweetness and pleasure in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet also goes on to say, Allahumma zayyina bi zinatil iman. Oh Allah, Adorn us with the adornment of Al-Iman. Oh Allah Azza wa Jal, adorn us with the adornment of Al-Iman. And we know that Iman, it is qawl wa amal wa tasdiq. Iman, 
it is not just a saying but iman it is a saying upon the tongue it is a belief in the heart and it is actions with one's limbs and this dua encompasses all of these three categories so Allah adorn us with the adornment of al-iman it means radiate our heart with the light of faith grant us sincerity grant us tawakkul grant us your fear and grant us repentance wherein we always turn to you ya rabb it also encompasses beautification of our statements and this is by way of remembering allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by way of tasbih and by way of tilawa just like this dua it also encompasses beautification of our actions and this is by establishing the worship of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the prophet sallallahu concludes this dua and he says وَجَعَلْنَا هُدَاتًا مُحْتَرِينَ Oh Allah, make us guides for those who seek guidance. And we can never ever become guides for those who seek guidance without authentic knowledge. Without knowledge which is based upon the Qur'an and the Sunnah and the understanding of the Salaf of this Ummah. So make us guides for those who seek guidance. Guide us towards the truth first, Ya Rabb. Secondly, once you know this truth, فَيَجِبُ عَلَيْكَ إِتِّبَاعُهُ that it is obligatory upon you to follow it. Only once you follow this guidance, which you know, does it become true guidance. And then finally, guiding others by way of this guidance is how we become guides for those who seek guidance. So we ask that Allah Azza grants us the ability to contemplate the meanings found in this dua. And He grants us the ability to memorize this dua. That Allah Azza grants us the ability to supplicate by way of this dua and to strive to achieve the meanings contain the in amin ya rabbal alamin wa hadha wa sallu rahimakumullah ala khairil bariyah wa azka al bashariyah 